Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today, and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we'd invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word. Okay, so we are in Habakkuk today, and we've been reading this for a little while. We had a little bit of a break, but we were uh, digging into it. It's only three chapters. Uh, Today we have with us Dave and Ben and Johnny, Lenny, myself, Judah, and we're going to discuss this. And and before we kind of jump in, I just want to make a note that I think it's interesting how Habakkuk almost has, I feel like these three, it's three chapters, but it's almost like three sections where it's like the first chapter is like, Habakkuk like writing and talking to God right and and he's like like almost begging for relief and kind of making a case and then the second chapter is like God speaking through Habakkuk uh this this punishment and this judgment and then the third is like he's like let's write a song about this and he he does like the grand finale with song and dance to be played on stringed instruments so uh I don't know I just thought it was it, it kind of stood out differently than all the other uh, minor prophets that we've been reading so far in the sense that, you know, it's not really uh, just narrative, it's not um, just poetry, it's not just God speaking through, but he's kind of got all these different things going there. But anyhow, that being said, uh, let's jump into our discussion of Habakkuk. Yeah. This, book, this book spoke to me so deeply. Because, I mean, I feel like with like, like Habakkuk, like I'm, I'm, I've been complaining, you know, like, man, the state of this world... Right, uh, the despair that I feel like I've been, you know, uh, personally um, going through with my wife and I, and my family, um, and then God is just pretty much like answering, like you said in the second chapter, like I'm aware, I know what's going on, mm-hmm. right? And then I fix my eyes on on God, and then I, then I start to sing about it, yeah, right? Because 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 Habakkuk, he's he's declaring, like he wants answers. He's like, I'm going to go yell, and I'm going to stand right here until I get an answer. <laughs> and God's answer is this. I'm aware, as the waters fill the sea, so will they know the present, or the, the, as the waters fill the sea, so will they uh, have an awareness of the glory of who I am, right? Yeah. And so, like, I'm like, imagine just, like, pleading with God, God, please reveal this person from cancer. God, heal this person from addiction. And God's answer is, so will they have an awareness of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well... It doesn't look like you're doing anything <laughs> just yet. <laughs> but what, so it, yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting dialogue. Well, what, what he does is, I mean, it's, it's fairly common, as you said. I mean, he is, this is a common struggle to understand God's actions. You know, all of us get that. We, we say, well, how could, they have a common question. We read Job, or excuse me, I'm sorry, Ben. We have talked about Job and others. You know, why, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, Habakkuk is calling in, you know, to play here this struggle to understand God's actions in this world. Well, again, calling us to have faith. This book is about faith. There's several themes, but I'm, I'm getting faith out of this. Okay, you have to have faith. And, and that question has been posed throughout the ages. Again, why, why does God, why does an all-powerful, good God, do these type of things or let these, I shouldn't say do, let these type of things happen. 
and uh, all these questions that Habakkuk, Habakkuk poses to the Lord, how long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? And he goes on and on. He goes, and, he, and he's talking here. This is a, <clears throat> there's a word for this in Judah, uh, theodicy. That's what it's called, theodicy. If you don't know what that is, that is the, the understanding or trying to understand why a divine God, a good God, would do or let things like this happen. And, and this, this book, Habakkuk, highlights this for us. And, and it's really a test of faith. And that's why I love the, the, the Bible. Just it, it could apply to us right here and now, as you're saying, Lane, you know, what, what am I going through? You know, and, and you know, and, yeah, God, cure everything for take care of it. Take everything away from me. Make my life perfect. And then what? Okay. Mm. You know, what, what, what do I want God to do for an encore then? Right. It's always one thing after another. Right. What, you know, just have faith that God will take care of things. And that's right. what goes on in these three short right. chapters. Well, there's a lot of foes that are happening, right? There's corruption. There's, like, you know, like the, the wealthy people are stealing from <coughs> the poor. You know, it, like, in, like increasing interest. There's, uh, you know, they're, they're like different... Uh, People in power and leadership are treating people like animals, right? And that's exactly what's happening nowadays. People are treating people like animals where, you know, definitely charging way much, so much more, right? Like people owe on their furniture. People owe on their cell phone. There's so much interest in everything right now, right? Mm -hmm. As things don't, that we don't get taught really in the school system. We were talking about, you know, getting educated, yeah. right? And yeah. then you have... People in this in this book that are just worshiping pagan gods, like so. There's just a, such a vicious cycle that's like never gonna end because their motive is not God, is not Jesus. It's worshiping their idols and it's giving them all this false power, right? They're killing people. They're taking over territory so that they can increase in numbers so people can be scared of them. That's that's why I'm like, of course, this applies to today. You know, like, yeah. well, right here in the first chapter, I think all of us uh, can relate to, you know, his first complaint, which is, "How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Violence is everywhere. Yep. I cry, mm -hmm. but you don't come to save. Must I see these evil deeds, or must I forever see these evil deeds?" Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed, and there is no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous, so that the justice has become perverted. I mean, that section right there, like, anybody could have written that today. Mm. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, and, and have that, and, and I mean... You know, it's, it says this complaint, and we normally look at complaints as something negative that, you know, we shouldn't be complaining and whatnot. But, I mean, he's just stating observations here. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, he's maybe a little bit frustrated that God isn't moving in the situation. But he's like, look at the world that I'm living in, God. Why aren't you doing something? And and I think that's, you know, even, even within ourselves, I mean, I think a common theme of things that we even discuss about and we look at in this world, it's like, Man, why, why is there so much violence and evil? And, you know, people love to argue and fight, and the law is paralyzed. There's no justice in the courts. Yeah. The wicked way outnumber the righteous, and so much so that justice is totally perverted. I mean, like, if that's not timely, mm. you know. Yeah. Well, these, that's what these first two chapters talk about, at least to me, the justification of 
the goodness of God, of God's goodness in light of the existence of evil. Mm. That's, that's what it is. The same thing with Job here. This is what he's talking about. And again, that, the word for that is theodicy. Excuse me. And, and again, it goes back to faith. What kind of faith do you have? Do you have faith that God will take care of things? Do we, as individuals, or as a community, a faith community, do we have that kind of faith that everything is in God's hands and he knows what's going on? Everything will be fine. Right. So as we're getting into um, Habakkuk 1 here, there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out, which the name Habakkuk, what it actually means, the name itself means embrace. And you'll often hear pastors say things like, it means like to hug or to hold on to or to cling to. Um, but it's actually embrace, and it's specifically like that word. Like two wrestlers, you know, they will embrace, right? So mm -hmm. it, it could go positive or negative. Like they, they were in, like in, in an entanglement, you know what I mean? And, and that's sort of like what you see here. The other thing I wanted to point out is that um, I'm reading the English Standard Version of the Bible through my uh, Bible app on my phone. It's the Gateway Bible app for those who want to download it. Um, it says, one, the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. So this is a vision or an oracle that he saw, right? Which was him crying out to the Lord, Right. So this is definitely something that's happening very spiritually for him. This is not necessarily just him crying out loud to God, which he obviously does because it does mention that it, in the, the latter part, but it opens up with an oracle and it ends in a song or a prayer. You know, So that's something that I wanted to point out. But I also have some screenshots that I took of highlighted passages I'm going to open up to right now. Um, this is my first screenshot that I have. is uh, Habakkuk's second complaint. He says, you who are um, purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man who is more righteous than he? And I believe this is the second chapter, verse 13, but let me just... Oh, 1, 13. Okay, 1, 13, excuse me, thank you. I took a screenshot of it, but it doesn't have the, the top on my thing. So I wanted to point out a couple things here. So Habakkuk is not Christian. He's Hebrew. He's an Israelite, right? So he says this, and this is the part that I really wanted to highlight. The, um, and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man who is more righteous than he. Now that's a real big deal to Hebrews, right? Because if someone is more righteous then, because they're living by under the law, correct? Mm -hmm. So if they're living under the law, righteousness is a big deal, that you're following all 613 of these laws, mm. right? That you're washing your hands properly, you're not eating pork, you know, you're not cutting the sides of uh, your hair or the corners off your beard or and so on and so forth, right? So, but this is the part that I wanted to point out. How often do we get caught thinking that we're more righteous than the next person because either we study the Bible or we go to church mm -hmm. and we look down on other people? Where we think that, you know, how could this be happening to me? Look at my neighbor. They don't even go to church. You know right. what I mean? Look at my friends. Look at my coworkers. They gossip constantly. How come I'm not getting a break? How come I'm not being blessed? I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> and yet what, what we're not aware of is our own sin. Mm -hmm. more like I'm more righteous than so-and-so, but am I actually righteous? Of course I'm not righteous because mm. we all fall short of God's glorious standard, right? We all have sinned. And anyone who thinks that they, they haven't sinned, you're not fooling anybody. Only yourself, right? And this is the problem. So when I saw that, it immediately, you know, got, got the gears turning in my mind that how often do we think of other people as unrighteous? Yeah. Are there people, do you think, 
left in the world that think they haven't sinned? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm not going to mention names, but I have I have some clients. Well, no, I don't want you to mention yeah. names. I'm not going to list I, the people I, here. I didn't even know you were going to come up <laughs> yeah. with that. I'm thinking yeah. Yeah. there's people that yeah. actually think yeah. they're perfect well, that well, they haven't yeah. seen. Absolutely. See, here, here's I, the yeah. thing. It, it's people that do what is right in their own eyes. And even we see that throughout Scripture. It says that the Israelites did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and with the redefinition of sin, exactly. right? It's like we say, well, what I'm doing is not wrong. So if we're redefining right and wrong, they say, well, you just, you know, if it feels good, do it. You just do you. You just, you know, as long as you're not hurting anybody, you can do whatever you want kind of a thing. And I think that whenever you take God out of the equation, they don't see it as right and wrong. They don't see it as sin and righteousness. They just see it mm-hmm. as, well, this is, this is what's right for me. Well, it works for me. Who, who are you to tell me what I'm doing is sin? You know, it's like, how many times have we heard something like that before? You know how many times I, like, when I was young, I would grow, I would, I'd walk around saying, like, what they don't know won't hurt them. Yeah. yeah. What they don't know won't hurt them. Dr. James Toro, <laughs> a very famous scientist. He's literally brilliant. He's, um, he was born Jewish from New York City. He, he's one, like, researcher of the year. He's got all these different patents for medical devices. The dude is actually brilliant. And he was exposed to Christ in college. And a Christian, this happened in like a laundry room in in a dormitory or something like that. And part of his testimony is um, the Christian was explaining to him like how how sin works. And he's like, well, I haven't sinned. Mm. He's like, I don't sin. Other people sin. Non-Jewish people sin. Mm. And he truly believed that because he was, you know, observing all the spiritual laws and doing everything, he had actually never sinned before. Right. So that's just one example in a famous Christian's testimony. He's like a Messianic Jew, but if you if you want to look up his uh, testimony, it's very very powerful. It's uh, Doctor James Tor, uh, the One for Israel Ministry. Find that on YouTube. Classic, right? Well, uh, a lot of people, whenever you talk to them about sin, if you ever are sharing your faith with somebody, the the often uh, comeback is, "Well, I've never killed anybody." Yeah, exactly. And, And it's like it's like they see that as. Sin is bad, but as long as I haven't done that, yeah. then yeah. Hmm. you know I'm I'm pretty pretty okay, you know. But it's when you expose, when you look at the mirror of the law, and that's what we see throughout Scripture. It's like it's because we have the law that we see our reflection in it, and then see, wow, mm. I don't measure up, you know. But they don't realize that they're <clears throat> filthy. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. Okay. You know, I think we're, we're just so ingrained with realizing the severity of but, our sin. But the point why I had it highlighted is in Habakkuk's day, the, he, he didn't have the hope of Christ per se. He just right. has his faith in God. Right. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he's, he's, he's like, how could you let all this injustice happen? Like, how can this guy who's better than this guy be the mm. one getting swallowed up by the wicked? Yeah. Shouldn't this guy? So his, 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 in his mind, he, it does not compute. Like, he, he can't fathom why someone who is um, less righteous seems to be prospering, which we also see in Ecclesiastes. Right. You know, like, it's like the, the rains fall on both the wicked yep. and, and the just, right? That's, so. that's a bad way to go, though, is we start to look at other people, as you're saying, Johnny, or compare ourselves to other people that, uh, it's like you know, the, the Pharisee that walked in with a woman that Jesus told the story, you know, he, she's given uh, probably uh, almost 100% of her offering, but it's, it's insignificant to what he's given, which is maybe like 1% of what he has, and, and we make comparisons and say, well, I'm much more holy than that person, or I'm much more giving or generous, and, and that leads us down a bad trail. Yeah. You know, we, you know that, that becomes pride, and we've all talked about pride enough, and, uh, and we get in, you know, I, I understand 
it's good to question. I think God wants us to question things. So when Habakkuk is questioning this, I, I think it's good because he comes to a resolution. But it reminds me of um, who ran away there, Jonah. Right? I mean, you know, again, all right, you know, he didn't like what God was doing. He'll say, okay, why is all this happening? I'm not going to, who is it, the Ninevites. Again, you know, the Ninevites always confuse me because they got forgiven back then because they repented, and then they got, we just read, yeah, they, got they, get wiped out, they yeah. get wiped out. But back when they were repenting or repent, he didn't like that. And, and I'm, I'm questioning, who am I? Who's Jonah to, to say something about somebody else, what they're doing, right. what their faith is, or why they should get forgiven. That, that's not my business. That's God's business. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and throughout this, you know, I think we see, you know, God moving in these situations and and like you say, I mean, the, these people who are running or even this who are complaining, and there's this idea that, oh, you know, we can't you know, complain or we can't let our true feelings be seen. But it's like God can take it. In fact, it becomes in Scripture these these complaints. Yeah. And and you will know, another another side note that I just want to want to make based off of something that that Johnny said um, that could confuse people uh, a little bit because you know uh, he said that that Habakkuk wasn't a Christian, and and I think that there's uh, there's this problem in our faith where everything is preached and talked about with this assumption that everybody was a Christian, when the reality of it is is the term Christian wasn't even coined until yeah. <laughs> way into the New Testament. <clears throat> exactly. So so it's like, number one, it's a, it's a relatively modern term. Mm -hmm. I mean, not modern, yeah. but I mean, and compared to, to the line of Scripture, the other thing is that, I mean, so, so that definition alone... Uh, even the fact that we assume that a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ, that means that David and Moses and Abraham and none oh, yeah. of these people were Christians either. Now, they were called by God. They were looking forward to a promise of a Messiah and a Savior who would come. So uh, they, were, they were maybe reaching into the future and claiming something that didn't belong to them. But oftentimes, like, I'll hear people preaching or talking about the Old Testament and using God and Jesus interchangeably, not that Jesus isn't present in the Old Testament, because I think um, not only is is the prophecies in there, but physically he's present in oh, the yeah. Old Testament oh, yeah. as well, often as the angel of the Lord or whatever else like that. But, but there's that distinction. It's like they're not in the same dispensation that we are in where they are under <clears throat> grace. They're like literally they're under the law. And and we talk a lot about, you know, the law and whatever else, but it's like that was the world that they lived in then. That was that was how they knew to please God was through obedience to the law. And also Jesus wasn't an angel. And when we think about well, angels, right, right. right? But when it says angel of the Lord, right. that actual word angel just means messenger. So when it says that in the Old Testament that he was a messenger for the Lord which Jesus was the messenger because what did he do with his first time here on earth? Right. He was a rabbi who shared the good news that the kingdom has come, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so exactly. So he is a messenger, but not like when you think of like cherubim or seraphim. Well, or right. Like, yeah. Well, and scripture, the scripture is, it, you know, shows that <coughs> distinction. If you look carefully enough at it, you can see the distinction yeah. of, of, you know, angelic beings versus the angel of the Lord. Or the angel of death. Or yeah, whatever, or, yeah, or whatever else. But yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a little side note, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I think it's worth, you know, 
pointing out since you brought that up that yeah. Habakkuk isn't a Christian. And, so. <laughs> and, then, and then Habakkuk 2, right? Habakkuk 2. I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower, and I will look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. So he's, he's, like, he's basically saying, I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen for the response of God. Of God mm. And then I'm going to have my answer ready concerning my complaint. Mm. Whatever God, He's like, I already got his rebuttal planned, right? And then this is titled um, Habakkuk 2.2, 2, the, the righteous shall live by, uh, by his faith, which that's obviously what mentioned three, I think three times in the New Testament. Mm. It's Galatians, Romans, and another <laughs> book. Um, it's probably the most famous verse of Habakkuk that the, that the, um, the righteous or the just uh, shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the Lord answered me, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets. I had that underlined because God's like, I want you to make this very plain so anybody can understand this. Mm-hmm. You don't need to dress this up in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Write mm-hmm. it down and on a tablet. Mm-hmm. So not vellum, not parchment, not some animal skin. You know what I mean? Like on a tablet, something that's going to survive through the ages. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Usually <clears throat> scrolls, they only lasted so long unless they were kept in clay jars, right? That's how they would try to preserve them is they put them inside of a vessel because they are fragile. But when something was put on a tablet, usually it tended to be something of great importance in the ancient world. Something like the Rosetta Stone, right? Something carved into a tablet meant this is law or this is super important. Like the Ten Commandments is another good example, biblically. you know. But you can look at it in what we would call like the secular world, where you see things like decrees from yeah. emperors or pharaohs or kings. Law. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So just something to point out yeah. that you, know, you could lose that subtle nuance of how important this, this part is going to be. Yeah. This... Uh, you just read that line there. I want to delve into that too. Chapter 2, verse 4. That is the I, central... I was about to go into that. You were, do, you want, do you want to take it? I'll, I'll read it if you want. <laughs> you want. I, want you, I want you to piggyback on me, Ben, and, and add to what I'm going to say here. Okay. That is the central message of Habakkuk here. Look at the proud. Here we go with pride again. Look mm. at the proud. They trust in themselves. That's critical. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. That's the most important message right there. Mm. I, I, I read ch- uh, verse 5 because that's important to everybody, and I read it for myself. Wealth is treacherous, and the arrogant are never at rest. So God, God answers in verse 4. He answers there. He answers Habakkuk. God's answer is the righteous will live. Mm. The righteous will live by the evil will be judged. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He tells you right there. And so we have this we have this tension, I feel, as we're walking along. And Judy, you said it before that this could apply today. Those questions that he asks in verse one, right. it could be any one of us today, thousands of years later, right. asking the same question. It's it's applicable right now. Right. So people ask, why is the Old Testament we've been going through this? Every book we, we've talked about is applicable right here today. Mm-hmm. When we walk in this tension of seeking clarity from God, and we're supposed to do that, that was tradition. Tradition dictated that you demanded justice that you asked. But we need to do that while trusting in God, while having faith in Him, mm-hmm. while we are trying right. to solve or resolve that tension, right. They, right. You know, to get that clarity. We have to have faith. We can ask those questions. Right. But we, we can't abdicate our faith in God. Mm-hmm. We have to trust in him. We can't go back and be proud and trust in ourselves. Do we do that? I don't, I'm just rhetorical. I'm not going to ask you guys to answer that. Mm-hmm. I do that. Mm-hmm. I'll say it about myself. Do I trust in myself sometimes? Yes. And, and then I find out too late that I made a mistake. 
Mm. I didn't leave it in the hands of God, which I've been learning more and more to do after talking in these Bible studies. Mm. Go ahead, Ben. Take off. Well, uh, basically, you covered a lot of what I was going to say. You look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and the lives are, their lives are crooked. I just think of like the people who are currently running the country and how they are so proud of themselves, and they trust so much in what they can do. And you always like to bring politics into this. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, I'm not saying anybody in particular. You could be listening to this in the year 2030, and who knows who the president is at that Johnny. time? Johnny, Johnny would be the Johnny president. Be. <laughs> Lord have mercy on us all if I become the president. Yeah. That, that 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 Johnny, President I'll Johnny, be like Darth Vader, <laughs> you know? President Johnny, he is so proud of himself, yeah. and he's always trusting just himself. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> Tattoos for everyone. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm the house. I'd ban them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now that, these six 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 on your board. Yeah, that's, 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 that's where the market of bees come from. Please, please <laughs> um, I do want to elaborate though, because this well, obviously everyone here had this highlighted on the just shall live by faith or the righteous shall live by faith, depending on your transliteration. And I was meditating on this, and I was studying this, and I was reading and watching videos and listening to pastors. And one thing that popped up was in my own life, and I'm not going to go too too far into this, but if sometimes we pray for things and we pray again, we pray harder because we want it so bad that. Um, we eventually just give up because it's not happening. Yeah. We, we, we're impatient. And we hear things like, oh, it's on God's time, not our time. And, but that doesn't satiate us. No. I want what I want when I want it. You know what yeah. I mean? So um, I look at it kind of like this. When you surrender to, to Jesus and when you give yourself over to God and you become a believer and you become a Christian, it's like your baptism in the Holy Spirit is similar to um, like you receiving your salvation. It's like when you say Jesus is Lord, you confess it, and you believe it in your heart. That's like that's your moment of salvation. That's you being saved, like the Israelites from Egypt. That's like Exodus. Mm. So you go, you come out of bondage, living in sin, who the sun sets free is free indeed. And now you enter. What's the book in the Bible? Is it is it um, Numbers where they wander in the wilderness for like forty years? Uh, well, yeah, I mean. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, yeah, all yeah, those yeah, are all kind of our. So know. so for forty years. You just watched Moses perform. Well, I should, I should say you just watched God through Moses. All the all the all the plagues of Egypt, the, the rivers turning to blood, mm. the swarms like the death, the Passover, the first Passover. You as the Israelites, you've just witnessed all this, and now you go into the wilderness. You go into the desert for forty years, and you wander there for forty years because you don't live by faith mm. because you're too scared to go into the promised land. Right. So. Many, 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 many Christians have been set free. They have their salvation, but now they're wandering in the wilderness because they don't have that faith that's going to lead them into the promised land. When, when we're praying, are we praying and we know that God's going to take care of it because all provision is going to come from God? Or are we sitting there and we're saying to ourselves, I gotta keep asking for this. I gotta keep reminding God. How small have we made God in our well, minds? Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. It's not just a type of faith where you get saved and that's your story, right? Your redemption story. Well, right? it's not redemption. That's not the redemption. That's the the redemption is the promised land. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. 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 You, you're at the point where you're like, well, God took me this far, but now if I could just get this promotion at work, mm. right? Then God will give me my next blessing. If I right. just right. serve more, or if I give more right. money to, the, to to my local church. If I just read scripture more, then if, if I do this one more thing, then God will do it. No, no, God can do all things. Mm. And you need to stop thinking about it like you have some kind of contribution other than faith to make. Mm. Well, here's the two things. Here's the two ways that people find themselves like the way that they're praying. One is 
bless me for the next thing, right? If I get this job promotion, then I'll get here, I'll get here, I'll get here. And then, on top of that, what does the world around you look like? God, this family is struggling. God, why is this person dying? Why is this? So it's literally revolving around what do I want and what am I expecting you to do around the world, you know, around Mm -hmm. me? And it's not seeking him just because I'm like, God, how do I know you? What are you telling me through your scripture? How am I praying for this family? As opposed to like, am I asking you how you want me to pray for this family? Mm. Right? That's something that we've, I've learned recently from someone at church, the way that they were praying. They were like, before they started praying, they literally asked God, what, what would you have me say? Right? How would you have me pray for them? And it's, it was interesting, right? That instead we just go directly to what we need to, for, like what we want from God, what we're expecting from God, as opposed to like, what, what are you looking for? Mm. right just like a search mm. right just like it's admirable it, it, it's it's humbling right it's showing humility because you're you're putting all of your desires aside and asking god to like reveal more of himself to you that's where we miss as it as opposed to being selfish which yeah we've we've grown up that way most of us i, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization that we grow up Asking God, you know, if you can, like Johnny said, if if you do this for me, then, you know, I can get to the next point and then I can ask for this and I can ask for that. This verse 4, not only is it central to here, I don't know if anybody did any, any further research on it, but this is so important, this one verse where it says, the proud trust in themselves, but the, the second half of it, but the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. Mm. I looked up, because Paul addresses this in a lot of places, Galatians, Galatians Hebrews, yeah, but yeah. let's go Romans, well, you, know, you don't have to look back, but I, this is Romans uh, 1, 17. This good news, he says, tells us how God makes us right in his sight. How does it do that? How do we get made right in his sight? This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, Quote, it is through faith that a, per, that a righteous person has life. Paul is referring back to Habakkuk here. Mm-hmm. This, is his, this is his support, his justification, of, uh, his support for justification by faith. Remember, we get salvation from God's grace, and, and you get it by faith, justification by faith. Not by doing good works, not by doing all that. It's good to do those things, but here's the biblical support. Habakkuk, this verse is so important, this verse 4 for Paul, because he uses it throughout all of his letters. That's what's so frustrating for me is like what I was talking about with the whole um, being a Christian is it's hard to see people that I care about and love, right, believe in God. And I'm at my walk with uh, Christ, uh, the Father, and the Holy Spirit where it pains me to see people struggle in their faith like that, where they think that, like, their 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 view of God has limitations, yeah. where they're still requiring uh, some other form of contribution. Like like I said, like imagine how Moses felt, being like, "I'll lead you right over this river. We just have to go in there," and they wouldn't budge like a stubborn mule. They just wouldn't go. Mm. Right? Imagine that. Like so, that's the kind of frustration that I feel is watching people that I know and love and, and, and watching them struggle, even though they're Christians. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to struggle. 
We just need to have faith and trust in God. That's it. Faith. Everything. Time doesn't exist to God. It doesn't. He is eternal. You know. So that's that's that was the point I was trying to bring up. Yeah, in I, I regards that, to the just I had that faith. problem and I, yeah. a, on a personal note with yeah. with the good works versus faith, and it's not that I don't still do them, but back a number of years. You know, I would do something nice to do this, and it'd be noted somewhere. And somebody said, oh, you do so many good things. And I'm going, yeah. And my common retort was, I'm just trying to balance out some of the bad things. That I figure if I do enough good things, I'll mm. balance out. And I, and I started to believe that right. in, in myself. I started to say, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm doing this. In my mind, I believe that I would tell it to somebody, and, and I was doing all these good things. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, this will balance out. And I started to believe that. And... And on I've the cosmic since, scale, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah. Ex ex the cosmic exactly. And I've since changed that. I, I still yeah. do those things, but yeah. I realize that no, I, I don't have to do anything. I'm I'm saved by my faith, by my belief in Jesus Christ, uh, by by mm. by the grace of God. When you, when you get there, there's going to be a gigantic whiteboard. It's not the good stuff you did. <laughs> <laughs> the bad stuff you did. But just to be yeah. clear, yeah. faith without works is yeah. Bad. God will be playing a joke on me. Yeah. Hey, you, you're you're yeah. a little bit off balance yeah. here. You can yeah. do enough yeah. good to balance it off. If you had done one more thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't have broke even. Well, I, I think if you have the sense of humor to take it, you might actually get some something like that when you get there. You're just like, we're gonna let you. In. We're gonna let you in, but yeah. I'm just kidding. Come on, <laughs> hey, just not, not a personal. Well, that's yeah. how I used to view this, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I have made some strides. Yeah. Listen how uh, the message translates that verse, oh, yeah. um, which I, I don't know. Sometimes it, it just, I like just kind of the beauty of the language that, that he uses here. He says, look at that man bloated by self-importance, full of himself but soul empty, but the person in right standing before God through loyal and steady believing, is fully alive, really alive. And just, just that, that visual, you know, being bloated with self-importance, but look at the person who is living in right standing with God, and they're the ones that are really alive by believing, you know, there's, in there's God. More, there's more to the story, though, which I, I tried to get, get a word in edgewise before, yeah. is... It says in the book James, it says that faith without works is dead. Yep. And the problem is, is that there's a confusion between doing good to earn God's grace, which you cannot earn it. It right. is given by your faith. Just believing is enough. God's grace is sufficient. The work done on the cross atones for your sin. However, once you have that faith in God, a strong enough faith, a growing faith every day, you begin to realize that what you do here on earth can help ease the suffering of others, that yeah. you can share the good news of victory, that you can mm. then, you know, if you have a surplus of cash or clothing, or you can just be kind to people, that you can do good things, and that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. Well, we, so it, there's more to the story. It's we, not... We, we tend works to, is not a payment. Yeah. It's, 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 a it's a response. Side effect. Yeah, it's a it's side a effect. Response. Yeah. And if, if we have received God's grace and mercy and favor... And we don't respond with good works. The question can be made of, well, have you really experienced it? Because your faith is dead, right? And, you know, and, and you know, Paul talks about that. Our faith without works is dead. But as you said, we're not saved because of we don't have the cosmic scale, yeah. the the whiteboard with the list of the good and bad, and so well, let, let's add this up. And well, that that's gonna we're gonna weight that with a three, and this with a one. And you know, it's like you know, it, it's not gonna be like that, but. You know, so some people, it's like they, they let the pendulum swing to the extremes. Some people, they say, like what you were saying, I'm going to do all these good things so that I can earn my way to heaven. 
And God's like, well, that doesn't do that. And other people say, well, see, it's not about our works, so I'm not going to do any. And it's like... Extremes. Yeah, it's like you're going to the extremes. It's like there's a middle ground here which does require us to do good works. Isn't that the way of the world, though? Always going to extremes? Well, yeah. Here's the thing, right? What the Bible is clearly saying in God's word, if you're listening to God speak, he's saying you can have faith, Mm. but is it dead? Are you... Like, picture is an actual thing. You're holding this bundle, right? It's swaddled up and it's your faith, but it's dead. Or is your faith alive? And it needs to grow every single day like a baby. You need to feed it. You need to clothe it. You need to give it shelter. You need to nourish it, nurture it, love it. And if you're doing that actively, if you're, in, in this analogy or this, this metaphor, parenting your faith, you're helping to sustain it. And then, when it's alive, you'll see things happen. Just like, just like me raising my kids. You know, the more I put into them, the more I get out of them. But there are parents in this world who are extremely neglectful of their children. And then what do you create? You create someone who is dead in spirit, who goes around creating all kinds of mischief, who is selfish, who is essentially evil because you haven't shown them, right? So that's, that's the thing. You could have faith, but it could totally be dead. Or mm-hmm. your faith could be alive because you're putting much energy, much love, much care into it. Mm-hmm. So, so your faith is, is in, this, in this case... Ask yourself that. Is your faith alive or is your faith dead? Do you believe and that's enough? You checked off the box. I believe. I'm saved. Or are you actually being like, what can I do to advance God's kingdom? What can I do to serve God? Like I pray, this is just personal and I'll end with this. I say, God, what's my mission today? God, what's my lesson today? And I ask him, what do you want to show me today? What am I ready to, to learn today? What do you want to teach me today? And that's what I say. Who can I help? Mm. I, I'm, I'm smiling at that, Johnny, because that's what I ask every morning too. Yeah. Ask God to, uh, you know, to give me thank you for this day and uh, help me use it for Your glory and service to other people and show me what I can do. It's different than, as I said before, what I used to do to say, okay, you know, do some of these good things and have people say, oh, you're such a you're good person you're doing this. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm just making up for the bad things I've done in my you, life. You don't wake up and say, and, God, what are you going to do for me today? <laughs> no, I, that I that I, that I don't that I don't do other than to try to yeah. And I guess I do. You know, when I get to the, the meat of the prayers is to, yeah. as Judah said, you know, talk to God and to really you know feel and and see Him to. Purify me, yes, I do, Ben, to, yeah. to purify me, to cleanse me, and, and to forgive my sins. I ask that every day. No, I, that's, why, that's why I could see why, uh, you know, um, Johnny has a concern with people who follow Christ, or say they follow Christ closely right now. Because a lot of people probably confide in you, and they come to you, and they talk to you, probably asking for wisdom, and you're probably like, wait, what? You're asking me what? Dude, you have the answer. You know what you need to do. You know how you have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then instead, you know... I think Christians, we even including myself, we try to find this like pivotal moment in like how I expect God to show up, and then that'll give me an increase to believe in in who He is, but you and wait. His power. You know, like instead I'm just I'm pursuing God, but then I'm like, all right, what's the next big yeah. thing I need Him to do? And I'm like, all right, my compa- my capacity, God is right here. God is right here. I'm believing in you, right? But if you if you if you do this, like, oh, I, I can. Believe yeah, in you right. some more. <laughs> That's what Johnny said before. You know, you you say you you know you sometimes say hey, I'm waiting for God to show up. And how many times do we do that? People are saying I'm waiting for God to show up, and I used to do that too. God is here all the time. He's right. here. Yeah. He's waiting for us. I mean, right. He's already showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. here. You know, waiting, waiting for God for to show up. You know, I've heard, right. and yeah. I even hear people say that sometimes too when they're in a calamity or a tragedy or something. Else. You know, where's God now? Where's God? He's always been here. Mm. Where have you been? 
right. is the question. Yeah. And, 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 and people need to ask themselves that, including myself. You yeah. know, I, I, I don't put myself aside from anybody. Where am I? God's here. He's been yeah. waiting for us. You're, well, you're, your faith is dead without love. Your faith yeah. is dead without works. Like, people are going to know that we follow Jesus by how well that we love them. Whether it's a wise word or a helping hand when someone's... Any way that you can assist somebody, no matter how small, there's nothing too small that you can do or nothing too big that you can do to have an impact on people's lives to show them the salt and light that we reflect from Christ. Period. So, it, it, none of it matters. However many hoops you jump through for the kingdom, if you do it without love, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, love is what covers over a multitude of sin. It was God's love for us that made it, that even created us in the beginning or redeemed us or saved us in any regard. So that's just, sure. it's so important to understand. As we read Habakkuk, these three small chapters, these, this is how God gets you going. You know, this is how the Holy Spirit, that fire grows inside of your temple and shines that light outward. That's, this is the overflow. Well, well, well I just want to say real quick, go, go back ahead, to you. what you were saying about God showing up. And that's one of my pet peeves. And I, and I talk about it, you know, with our team before church uh, occasionally. And, and I've talked about it in service too. It's like in churches, there's this common kind of phraseology and maybe it makes you seem spiritual to say things like, you know, I was in church or I was praying or I was doing this or that and God showed up. And, and it just annoys me to no end because it's like, well, he was already there. Like, <laughs> like, like he, he didn't just show up. Like, I mean, or people like the, they'll, they'll get him to pray like, Lord, we, we, we want you to, to come and fill this place. I'm like, he already came. He already filled it. He was here first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He beat you here this morning. I mean, it's like like he was here. And, yeah. and, and I say, you know, if we want to be honest, you know, I believe that we worship God in spirit and in truth. And if we want to be honest, then the prayer becomes, Lord, let me be aware of your presence. Lord, let me not be just so aware of my own desires, my own needs, my own difficulties, that I'm ignoring the fact that you're already here right now. And when people say, oh, God showed up when I needed him, God showed up in this difficulty, what that really means is that finally, finally, you stopped paying attention to all the problems and all the difficulties and all the ups and downs, and you finally stopped for a moment and realized his presence, and at that moment, you're like, oh, wow, God's here. And he's like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've it, been it, here all along, but you just exactly. were so self-absorbed. You know, you were so so Bloated, proud looking yeah. at themselves, and, mm -hmm, and you were mm -hmm. so self-absorbed that you didn't realize, and, and, I, and I get it, it just annoys me, because I, like, I'll go to these, you know, pastors get-togethers, or these different things, and say, like, oh, you know, we were praying, or we were singing, and I could tell the moment when, when, when God showed up, I'm like, that must have been horrible when he wasn't there. there yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you're separated from God in church for the first 20 minutes? Like, like that must have been like hell. Was he stuck in traffic? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was stuck in traffic. Could I mean, a parking spot? Yeah, and, and, I mean, obviously, I don't mean to, to like make light of this, and I understand that these people that say these things, that they're, they're not saying it with, with bad intention yeah, and a bad phrase. motive. It's a phrase, but we need to be careful of the phrases because... These phrases refle reflect theology. And our yeah. faith, yeah. And, and our faith. And if we have the assumption that God is either, you know, that he just shows up when we've created the right environment. You know, yeah. oh, I lit Summoned the candles. Or you know, yeah. I got a worship music going. Yeah. What are, yeah. what are yeah. we doing there? Go back again to chapter 2, the central message, verse 4. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves. So if you think God has just shown up after 10, 15, 20 minutes, this is what yeah, we're after doing. you did something we're, right. Yeah, yeah, we you did something right. They yeah. trust in themselves. 
And that's what we do sometimes. That's what people are doing, whether it's a group that you're with, Jude, or anybody. We trust in ourselves. Oh, yeah, well, we, we took care of things until God showed up. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Okay, good, nice. It, remi- it, re- it reminds me of when people say, um, what, like, I, well, I, when I found Christ or when we found right. Christ. I'm like, Christ wasn't lost. <laughs> right, right. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, Christ found y'all. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? like, he like, was hiding under yeah, a rock yeah. somewhere, yeah. If you actually read your Bible, then you'll know that, you like like sheep, we've all gone astray. Yeah. And Christ comes after every single person who's ever been born. Yeah. And then we either choose to go with them or we choose to run away. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he's continually yeah. drawing yeah. Oh, yeah. us and drawing. Yeah. And and so, again, it's not a we found. It's It's... Now, to us, it seems like we found just like it seems like the sun revolves around the earth because we see it move through the sky. Yeah. But once our science was good enough to realize that it's not moving through the sky, it's us that's rotating, mm-hmm. right? It's like we say, oh, the, 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 the sun, we found the sun. It's like, no, you just rotated to the perspective that now you can see it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's us finding God is saying, I rotated around. And, and he was there the whole time. He yeah. was there. Yeah. Well, it was like that, but I was confused. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Dave said, uh, we went and we t- we were taking care of things until God showed up. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to say, like, oh, we were taking care of things until we let God take over. Yeah. Just get, you know, here it, it is. revolved around me. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you would look it does. at... Um, it does. Myself and I were there. Chapter yeah. 2. Going further, 18, Mm. verse 18. What my book says, what good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation, a God that can't even talk. So it's going along with what we're saying here. I put a little note to myself. I asked myself a question when I read that. Who do we trust? What do we trust? The military? Yeah. Uh, okay, the that was not the answer I was going to come up with, but all right. It was right. Movie stars. Who, I trust yeah. them. Oh, yes. Movie stars. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Who or what do we trust? It, it goes off of that, uh, that, that they trust in themselves up there, and here's their idols here. And that verse tells me that when Babylon eventually got punished too, and they got punished because they failed to recognize the Lord. And if we're waiting 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes for God to show up, we're failing to recognize that God is here all the time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Habakkuk 2 verse 12, to go back up a little bit uh, in that passage. Um, this is important to me because, again, this is God speaking here, right? So, yeah. so I love when he says in uh, Habakkuk 2 verse 12, Woe to him who builds a town with blood and mm. founds a city on iniquity. Mm. And iniquity is <clears throat> sin. And then I thought about recently how I saw pictures of some people that I know. In, uh, and this is a couple different friends who don't even know each other, but they went to Las Vegas. Mm. Sin City, yeah. right? So woe to the people. Like, when God says woe to you, you know right. you're in trouble, right? right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but what do we do in our, in our worldly culture, in our fleshly culture? I'm going on vacation. Where are you going? I'm going to Vegas, baby. Yeah. What happens in Vegas? Like, God is saying woe to these people who have done this. And yet that's our idea of vacation is to go to right. this place where it's like a rotting spiritual wasteland of death and carnage. Like yeah. I might be married before I leave. Listen, I put my 10 bucks in and shot the rice out of the machine. And that was it. You know? um, I don't want to miss that. But I just thought it was funny because I thought about our world and how that's what we think is a vacation. That's what we think is, a, is right. about celebration. And I need to get away from reality and go to this place. Right. Which right. is like, it's like going to Atlantic City. It's a dump, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah, so, yeah. 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 Well, let, let's uh, let, let's unplug here because yeah. I think uh, we can start uh, unwrapping more things, and it, 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 there's a lot I think embedded in this. And two is man, it's jam packed with stuff. 
uh, and we haven't even gotten three yet. And I think there's still stuff in one that we still haven't really yeah. Uh, yeah, unpacked yet. So so let's uh, let's go ahead and pull the plug for uh, today, and let's continue reading it and really just seeking God uh, to ha- ask Him to reveal Himself to us through this, reveal to us what He wants us to learn, and more specifically, what He wants us to apply through reading uh, Habakkuk. So let's pick back up next week with Habakkuk. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Also consider sharing it on social media. We can't wait to be back together with you at the Thriving in the Word podcast.